0: I think the first thing to think about with the sun is that pretty much everything we think we know is incorrect. It's wrong. Anyone can go out in the sun. That being said, it would be sort of analogous to exercise, right? Like you wouldn't start your exercise. If you are not used to exercising, you wouldn't start by, by running a marathon, right? You might start by going for a walk and then a slow jog. So it's the same thing with the sun, but just as with exercise, your body adapts to it our skin also adapts to the sun and it matters when we go in the sun. So the light that is available at sunrise actually programs our bodies to create the hormones that we need to do things throughout the day and to sleep at night.
1: Interesting. So So you're talking about like that first sunrise, like, you know, 6am, something like that.
0: Exactly. Within like a 20 minute window. And you cannot burn because the type of light that burns your skin is not present at that time of day. The light changes throughout the day.
1: This is the Command Your Brand podcast, where we talk to world changers, visionaries, and founders. People that are doing big things and changing this planet in a positive way. We're learning their stories techniques, and exactly what you need to know so that you can do things in a big way. The time is now. Get ready to take command of your brand. here and welcome back to the Command Your Brand podcast. As we are talking with a awesome guest today, Meredith Oak, and she is the founder of Quantum TV. And we're going to be looking at decentralizing health. And something that really struck me in this conversation is how Meredith talks about light and the sun, and how it should be a bigger part of our life. And somebody being so light like myself, I've always sunburned a lot. And she talks about actually how there's some ways around that naturally, and it doesn't come from sunscreen. So I find that to be very, very interesting and how light energy itself is a, is a big part of what keeps us healthy. So this is a very, very intriguing conversation. we we'll are be taking a look at light, blue light, and we're going to be looking at how your health can be made optimum by a lot of things that are available to all of us. We're just not totally aware of them. So this is going to be a really great episode of the Command Your Brand podcast. So let's get into this interview with Meredith. Hey, what is up, everybody? Jeremy here. And guys, I'm very excited for today's interview, because as you guys know, anything to do with health topics is totally up my alley. Especially people that aren't looking at what's considered the traditional sense of health, because it's changed a lot in the last hundred years. So we have with us today Meredith Oak and she is the co-founder of Quantum Health TV. We're going to talk about decentralizing health, health education, and a lot of things around that. Meredith, thank you so much for hanging out with me today.
0: Oh, it's my absolute pleasure, Jeremy. I love your podcast. I think Change Your Life is a fantastic mantra.
1: Well, thank you. And I wanted to start with you're in a very unique and specialized area of health. You know, what made you interested in quantum health? Because, you know, if you talk to most medical doctors, that's not the direction they're going to send you. So, how did you end up here? So, it was
0: like most people who are also interested in this topic, it was a long journey. Mm. And it started out with traditional doctors, and then we moved on to naturopaths, we did homeopaths, we did acupuncture, we did specialized traditional doctors and I was in kind of a unique situation where my my health concerns for myself and my children were not so debilitating that I couldn't do a lot of research but they were debilitating enough that I was really motivated to find an answer. And I also think that a lot of the times our greatest discoveries come out of our, our biggest problems and our potential weaknesses and one of my I don't know if you want to call it a weakness or not, but I'm not so much with the kitchens. Ryan, like I don't, I don't love cooking. I love eating. I, I'm the
1: cook in our family. So I get it.
0: <laughs> okay. So your wife would understand, right? So, you know, I love eating and I like food, but I don't like having to think about food a lot. And okay. anyone who's done any research outside of traditional health is continuously confronted with just like this micromanagement of your food, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. if you're not feeling well enough, if you're not keto enough, you're not this enough, you're not taking enough supplements, you're not doing this, And like, as a coach, I work with people, I ask them like, what are you tolerating in your life that you really wish wasn't there, but you're tolerating it anyway. And I asked myself that question and I was tolerating this incessant focus on food and supplements when it was really causing me problems. The moment that broke me was I'd ordered this kitchen gadget called a spiralizer. And I, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Okay. We have
1: one. We use them for like apples and stuff like that.
0: Yes. So it's it's very cool. But I had bought it because I was, you know, no more spaghetti, no more pasta. It's killing. Oh,
1: man. So you were making your own spaghetti that way.
0: Well, so I'd read some blog posts. because We
1: just do it with spaghetti squash.
0: That was the thing. It was like, take the squash and this zucchini. They want it was to make spaghetti out of zucchini. And I was like, and it sounds like
1: way too much work. I'm just going to point that out.
0: (laughs) I felt the same way, but the kind of culture of alternative health is like, no, it's going to be great. And it's so easy. And your kids will love it. And I'm like looking at the spiralizer and imagining serving spiralized zucchini instead of spaghetti. And I'm like, they're not going to love it. They will not love it. I do not love it. Like, not that food isn't important. It really is, but there has to be something else. Like I can't just be micromanaging all this meal plans for the next 20 years. Right. I had this moment and I sat down and I read so much and I watched so much and I consume so much weird information. I was like, Meredith, there has to be something else. Like just and I got really quiet and I just tapped into sort of my, my intuition and I flashed to an interview that I'd seen like two years before with Dr. Cruz.
1: Wow. And I was like, it's funny you mentioned Dr. Cruz. I don't know if you see me just put my blue light glasses on. He reminded me last time. He's like, where are they? I'm like, okay, they're a foot away. Hold on. So I.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. That, that was it. I remembered we consume so much information and then we forget unless it's really relevant. Right. And mm-hmm. so in that moment, some things that I'd vaguely found interesting in an interview that I'd heard two years before became relevant to me again. And I went and tracked down that interview and then tracked down, you know, started listening to his work and started diving into quantum biology and realized that if I wasn't managing my light environment, Mm -hmm. I was never going to get healthy. And it didn't matter what I ate. It was Mm -hmm. just never going to happen. And that light is just as important as food. And it was like, what? (laughs)
1: <laughs> let's talk about that, because there's going to be some people in here that have heard Dr. Cruz's interview. There's going to be some people that they have no idea what quantum is. So you're talking about how light is just important as food. What is quantum health and how is that different than you know what we're exposed to?
0: Not to be too technical, but there's a new field in science emerging and it's, mm-hmm. it's being called quantum biology and it's mm-hmm. the intersection of quantum physics and biology. So for most of the history of science, those two fields have been completely separate. And a quantum physicist would know nothing about cellular biology, and a biologist would know nothing about physics. And there's a couple of guys, Jim Al-Khalili and then biologists, and they got together and they wrote a book together, and one's a biologist and one's a physicist. And they started looking at research that was coming out that was saying, contradicting everything that scientists have been taught, which is that quantum mechanics cannot occur in a living system. Mm-hmm. Quantum mechanics does not happen. Quantum results do not occur in warm, wet environments. They only occur in space or at the atomic level. Mm-hmm. Basically, there is now, enough ev- there's now a ton of evidence to show that that's not true. And once that's not true, all kinds of things in our environment become incredibly important to our health in ways that we just didn't understand before. And to be frank, most people still don't understand. Most Mm. doctors, Dr. Cruz just got called out a couple weeks ago by a a physicist in Silicon Valley who's like, everything you're saying is wrong. (laughs) 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 He he just went to school 20 years ago and hasn't caught up. So
1: Mm. I guess looking at that, then, you know, we hear a lot about blue light. You know, I mentioned putting on my blue light glasses and things like that. I know it messes up like circadian rhythms and things like that. You know, so you know, why are we exposed to so much of it? And how is it, you know, you call it the new sugar and you say sunscreen is the new margarine, which really has got me thinking about sunscreen recently, because I am like when I say I'm white, I'm white. Like I burn really easy. So I guess how is blue light the new sugar and sunscreen the new margarine?
0: So blue light's the new sugar because in unregulated amounts it causes illness in mm. the same way that we understand sugar does, right? Like we would not allow ourselves or our children to consume unlimited sugar. We think about it. We, we ration it. It's a treat. It, we're we're conscious of like, I'm going to have water and not iced tea because of the sugar content, right? Because we understand that sugar in large quantities has negative effects on our health. Mm. It's the same thing with blue light, but we don't think about that. We just use it complete with a no consciousness of the fact that it is affecting our health, that it is affecting ourselves. And then on the flip side, the light that is healthy, the light that is healing, the life that is life-giving, the life that humans evolved to thrive under, which is the sun, we block it out either with a roof or when we do go outside, we put on chemical barriers to it, which is sunscreen, preventing the sun from healing us. And it's now basically proven that humans cannot be healthy unless we get adequate sunshine. Mm-hmm.
1: So I guess like, how do you handle that the right way though? Because like, if you put me out in the beach for like 45 minutes, I'm going to look like a tomato and it's going to hurt. Like, how do I like, yes. how do you kind of harness this the right way? I had someone say to me a couple of weeks ago, well, maybe it's just the way that your body's processing light. Maybe that's something about it. So I don't, is that it? Or like, how do we actually like,
0: you yes. know,
1: prevent ourselves from getting sunburned then? Like, how does that work?
0: <laughs> I think the first thing to think about with the sun is that pretty much everything we think we know is incorrect. It's wrong anyone can go out in the sun. That being said, it would be sort of analogous to exercise, right? Like you wouldn't start your exercise if you are not used to exercising, you wouldn't start by tr- by running a marathon, right? You might sure. start by going for a walk and then a slow jog. So it's the same thing with the sun. But just as with exercise, your body adapts to it, our skin also adapts to the sun. And it matters when we go in the sun. So the light that is available at sunrise actually programs our bodies to create the hormones that we need to do things throughout the day and to sleep at night.
1: Interesting. So So you're talking about like that first sunrise, like, you know, 6am, something like that.
0: Yes, Exactly. Within like a 20 minute window. And you cannot burn because the type of light that burns your skin is not present at that time of day. The light changes throughout the day. So if you start by going out in the morning, and in the evening, you will acclimate your skin. And then you start with short periods at, in the middle of the day. And when you feel that kind of prickly burning sensation, go in the shade, put on a hat. You know, you definitely don't want to burn. That's not That's not necessary to get the healing benefits. But going out at sunrise will completely change your life because that's the time that sets the circadian biology, right? It's like taking an antidepressant. And a melatonin pill and an energy pill, all in one, just by getting up and going outside or opening a window, even.
1: I had this crazy friend back in the day that we used to be competitive bodybuilders in my twenties, and he would take melatonin after his workouts. I'm like, dude, you are just crazy! Like that is not going to help your recovery right now. I guess then looking at it, then Meredith, it's a really interesting, you know, way of dealing with it. At the same time, you know, going back to the blue light, you know it's everywhere now, right? It's on our screens. It's on like, you know, even a lot of our TVs aren't even standard TVs anymore. Now they're, they're more plasma types. You're getting a lot more of that blue light. So I guess my question is because it seems like more and more people are aware of it. Like we even had somebody on the other day that they're a regular eyewear producer, but they're biggest selling product now are blue light glasses. So like that being the case, rather than just selling glasses and things like that, do we see manufacturers maybe starting to change how they're producing some of these things? Like, I guess maybe that's a broad question, but do you see that?
0: You know, it's possible. Um, Mm -hmm. I think my understanding, and like, you know, I'm not an expert in electronics manufacturing, but my understanding is that the, the light frequencies coming out of our screens are not an accident. They were chosen because they're very stimulating, right? The frequencies that come out of a laptop or a phone, the the intensity of the blue light is the the type of light that you would get outside at high noon. Mm -hmm. So what that's doing is it's, it's energizing you, which looking at your screen at night is really not a good thing. However, those settings were put in the devices on purpose because they energize you. Mm -hmm. However, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. So I don't think they knew th- about the health problems that would occur from that. Sure, I do think it's quite likely over time that that they will change the settings to make them a little bit less glaring. That being said, there's um, software that you can get. There's a great one that we use called Iris,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you can, it just you can change the settings and turn your screen all orange, and it does it does take out a lot of the toxic part of it.
1: Yeah, I think my iPhone even does something now called like nightshade or something like that, where a certain time of light, it changes the certain changes the color pattern and things like that. So it's, I think we are becoming more and more aware of it. This is a really good segue here, as you mentioned, conspiracy theories, because I I think as well, like being empowered by our health, like you were, you learned about it, you learned about all the different things that are happening, how we're going to handle ourselves. And I think there's this interesting balance, right? Of if you get a medical viewpoint, it's totally treat it with a drug, treat it with a pill, things like that. And then, you know, the other side is empowerment. But then you have some other people that are down in a rabbit hole, like hanging out and doing things like that. And You're like, well, that really can't be true. So I guess how do we learn how to, you know, research in the right way so we're empowering ourselves, but also like not filling our, you know, filling our brains with trash?
0: Yeah, you know, it's, it's tricky. And that's why I think most people don't do it because mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes time.
1: Like, I, I have a friend that, that's a chiropractor and he's one of the smartest people I know. But then sometimes like he jumps out of left field and like, but he's, at, he's outside of the stadium running around now. I'm like, dude, that's definitely not true. Like there's a certain point of what I'll believe, but continue.
0: <laughs> well, no, and that's absolutely what happens, right? It's like you learn all of these things and you realize that so many of the things that we were taught and so many of the things that we're encouraged to do are just plain wrong and bad for mm-hmm. us and damaging our health. So mm-hmm. that kind of leaves you a cognitive perspective and an emotional perspective that kind of leaves you wide open for someone to come in and be like, they're so terrible this, you know, and I always bring it back to the personal level, right? Cause I think mm-hmm. any way we respond to anything is, is personal. So if you yes. had a friend that you thought, or a colleague and you thought that they were kind of on your side and they were friends with you, and then it turns out they massively betray you and you find out they've been lying to you for a long time right? You're not going to trust that person. And if someone else then comes up and says, oh really? And did you hear, I think they murdered their wife, right? Like they had uh, some crazy piece of information that you never would have believed before mm-hmm. the trail. But now that you know, they lied to you, you're like, oh really? Oh, and you <laughs> kind of maybe give it a little more credence than you would if that person hadn't betrayed your trust. And I think that's what happens on a systemic level, right? Mm-hmm. So you go down a rabbit hole. You understand, oh, sunscreen. They're lying to me about sunscreen. They're, all of these devices should come right. With-
1: but then somebody could take that and, like, here's just an example. And they'd be like, "All right, there's a government plot to kill us with sunscreen." It's like, yeah, I don't think that's true. I think that people, you know, good heartedly thought this is a good thing, didn't understand the science enough, but did what they thought was right. You know, you know what I mean. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Exactly, Ryan. And that's sort of, that's the key, right? Is to come at it from a balanced perspective. And anytime you feel like, I mean, the real secret to not being pulled down a conspiracy theory rabbit hole is Mm self-mastery. Because there is always an emotional payoff to buying into something like that, that's helping you feel better. And Mm -hmm. so the stronger that payoff is, the more strongly you need to question whether the thing you're believing is actually true.
1: Yes. Yes. No, I, I think that's definitely true. Well, I guess if you had to look at it then, Meredith, like we've talked about a lot of different topics today from blue light to you know getting sunlight and things like that. If you had to really decide like, what are the three things that are most important to health in your perspective? What would you say are those three things? And maybe three is not enough. Maybe it's too little. I don't know. So you, you let me know here.
0: Yeah. I think if we, if we speak generally, you could narrow it down to three things. I think the first one is to educate yourself. A lot of us grew up thinking like, I'm just going to eat healthy and do a little exercise. And if I get sick, the doctor will deal with it. And I think we've reached a point in time where that's just not true anymore. If we want to maintain health, we have to educate ourselves about how to do that. There's just too many things working against us. And I'm not, you know, I'm an optimistic person, but we have to understand how those things all work together and it does require doing some, doing some education. And I think the more people realize that the more outlets there'll be like the project, I, my project, quantum health TV, or your podcast, you know, where people will find places that they trust to educate themselves. That's probably why podcasts are so popular, right? People are yeah. that they need to be doing this. The second thing is to, is to find a guide. I would consider a health coach, a guide. I would consider a, uh, an alternative doctor, a guide, you know, somebody that's ready to meet you where you're at and hold your hand because it's one thing to understand broadly what to do, but to execute it, you need help. And then the third thing is community. Mm -hmm. Having people who are on that same page that you can talk to, it serves so many benefits. One thing, like you were mentioning, you're like, oh, I had these blue glasses and then I totally forgot about the blue glasses, right? (laughs) If you were in, you know, even just a Facebook group or, or something where, where you popped in once a week and said hi, and everyone else in there was on the blue glasses page, like you'd remember, Mm -hmm. it would be part of your community. Mm -hmm. Also having people to talk to when you're doing weird health stuff saves your personal relationships because you don't feel like you need your sister or your best friend or your spouse. (laughs)
1: My father is, he's in his late 60s. So like, I really can't talk to him about anything health related. It's because he just thinks I'm nuts. So I get that.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. We get excited and we're like, we want to tell everyone and then we want everyone to be like, buying blue glasses and they just might not be ready. So when you have have a bit of a community, which the internet makes so easy now, mm-hmm. um, you can share your excitement with people who want to hear about it.
1: Yeah. Well, another positive side effect of the blue light glasses, if you get the ones that are tinted orange, they work great with the chroma key on your camera. So it fixes the color settings on your camera. Anyway. Wow, I didn't know that. When, I, when really I take cool. them off, it messes up yeah. the camera settings. When I put them on, the camera sees that and adjusts the lighting on the camera. Anyway, <laughs> Meredith, this has been an awesome conversation today. I've really, really enjoyed a lot of the things we discussed. You know, where can people find out more about what you're doing at Quantum Health TV?
0: So the website is quantumhealth.tv and if you do quantumhealth.tv forward slash podcasts and put in your email, we've got some free videos that explain, that have actual doctors explaining this instead of me who's an English major and speaks in metaphors.
1: (laughs) I'm a history major, so it's okay.
0: (laughs) I see you, Ryan. I see you.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Well, Meredith Oak, thank you so much for hanging out with me today.
0: It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, Ryan.
1: Thank you.